Follow Katie Wolf and 360 online at mix1049.com.au. Uh, the Northern Territory Government has provided advice to property owners following the results of an engineering assessment report into select properties in Palmerston. Now, this report found that while there's no immediate safety risk, the structural building system used in some of these homes has been determined to be non-compliant with the requirements of the Building Code of Australia in force at the time of construction. So uh, while also being strategically or structurally, I should say, uh, inadequate in its design to meet the needs of the Northern Territory. Now, joining me in the studio to talk a little bit more about this situation and and what it means is uh, Mark Meldrum, who is the Director of Building Control with the Territory Government. Good morning to you, Mark. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, very well. And I've also got in the studio the Northern Territory Consumer Affairs Commissioner, Sandy Otto. Good morning to you, Sandy. Good morning, Katie. Great to have you both in the studio, and I really appreciate the fact that you've both uh, come in this morning to have a chat with us about this. Um, Mark, I might go to you first. The Northern Territory Government, I know, has been working with the impacted homeowners following reports of, of defects to these homes, which included movement in flooring, cracked and loose tiles and poor drainage on balconies. Mark, how many homes are we talking about here? There's 18 homes in total, Katie. Uh, they're split between two warranty schemes. Uh, 10 are covered under the Home Building Certification Fund and the remaining eight are covered under the uh, Residential Building Cover Scheme and that's because of the, the timing of the, the construction of the buildings over a period of time. So the department's been uh, working with the landowners uh, with the Home Building Certification Fund cover and did an assessment report which uh, which gets to the nub of the issue about the, the structural integrity of the buildings and we've been working through with the owners on how we can solve these issues for them. So when were these homes constructed? Uh, 2012 and 2013 and issues first started being experienced by the owners in around 2014. Uh, the developer and the builder did did uh, address issues up until about 2018 and 19 and then in 2019 the department wrote to all affected landowners at the time and, and let them know that they're covered under two warranty schemes and they can make applications and uh, deal with us about how we can move forward. So when was the government first notified that there were issues with these homes? It would have been around 2014 when the developer was um, was working with the builder and the, and the homeowners at the time. And so, so how has this happened? Firstly, how do we end up in a situation where you know where we've now got homeowners who are going to be really quite concerned that their homes aren't up to up to scratch? Yeah, it, it happens uh, through um, the the construction techniques used, the the uh, type of design that's used, the product used. Our uh, assessment and testing shows that it's uh, non-compliant, but it is reasonably safe to to uh, occupy the buildings. Uh, the only warning that we have is to evacuate in a cyclone if there is a cyclone, uh, not not to stay in the homes, just as a precaution. And so, 2014 was when you guys first found out about it. How is it that we're sort of only hearing about it now I guess all these years later. Like I said, the developer and the um, the builder were trying to address these issues um, in the early years, and then that came to a position where nothing was happening, and and none of the development, uh, none of the rectification issues were addressed. And so, where are we at now? Have those issues now been addressed mm. by the developer? So, the, no, not by the developer. They're covered under two funds, as I said, and and there's some homes that are not covered anymore through the passage of time. But we're working with the owners, and making them aware of the safety issues, and looking at rectification issues for them. 
Okay. Um, I guess from a real layman's perspective, I'm assuming that um, that it wouldn't just be 18 homes across the territory that this developer has been involved in. Is there other homes that could potentially be at risk? Uh, not really. There, there's uh, the the builder's no longer registered, but the builder was was registered for a number of years, so he might have done work. But this this uh, eighteen package of eighteen homes is unique in that they use a particular building system that hasn't been replicated too far and wide. So there there might be a small number of of this this product being used, but not the whole the whole home being constructed like it was. Um, I, I guess you know the, what is the advice for people listening who might be maybe concerned or who might be thinking to themselves, "Goodness me, I hope my home isn't one of these or or maybe my home is yes like i said we've contacted all the affected homeowners but if there's anyone who is concerned about the construction of their home they could contact building advisory services at the department of infrastructure planning and logistics or to seek uh, independent structural engineering advice if they wish um sandy what options do people have here i mean if if somebody goes into into this process of home ownership or home building and and you know they they get to sort of a few years later and find that they're are issues with the home what what options do they have when a property is built in the northern territory they'll get a fidelity certificate and that fidelity certificate will cover them for six years uh there's 12 months uh, non-structural uh cover and then there's full six years for structural cover so if it's in between that time Mm -hmm. they can certainly give us a call and we can talk them through the process if it becomes a case where the relationship's broken down between the builder and the homeowner they can certainly give us a call and we can we can step through that um with these homes with these homes that now are in this situation where i know um as you've said mark there's you know that uh that they're they're structurally inadequate or it's been reported that while they're also um, structurally inadequate in their design but they they're not going to have to move out of them or anything um if there is a cyclone they're going to have to get out of those homes as i understand it but what's the what's the process then i suppose for these people if they are looking at selling their home down the track Mm. have they i mean are they going to be able to or is there going to be sort of um i don't know who this question is best for but are they going to have the the option to be able to do that or is it going to be sort of uh, found that it's it's not compliant and it's going to be a really difficult process for them well, the the um, the buildings have issues, but I haven't de- deemed them to be uh, of a risk to, to the extent of of issuing orders or notices on the on the owners. However, when you buy a property, you can get an inspection report done, a uh, a building status report, which is usually a review of the building record for that mm. building, or you can get you can seek independent uh, professional advice, such as a structural engineer, to look over the plans as well. So there are those those checks and balances in place. And but I would assume, I mean, I, I'm assuming that then if you go through that process, that it is going to find that or that 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 building, you know, like if they do those reports, that it is going to find that they they do have these defects in the homes? They may do, yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I guess then, Sandy, uh, when you talk about that, what options do people have, I suppose, if they, you know, they go down the track and they want to then sell the home that they may be looking to move into state or, or looking to go somewhere else? Is that going to make that process harder for them? Potentially it could do. Um, 
unfortunately, I can't give any advice on on the process or anything that they can do. It, yeah. But it is a case of you know buyer beware. So I always suggest if someone is looking at a home that they do all their checks and balances, like Mark said, mm-hmm. to make sure that they are fully informed of the property that they're looking at purchasing. And are there, I guess, are there sort of uh, procedures in place now to try and ensure that this doesn't happen to any other territorians, you know, with other developers or with anybody else building their homes that they don't wind up in this same situation down the track? Yes, certainly. Um, we've um, gone out with industry consultation on building reform in, in March and we're looking at the results of that at the moment and that, that includes a greater oversight of of uh, construction and, and uh, design of buildings, including peer review of, of, of uh, complex buildings that are like high-rise high apartments and things like that, but, but also including... Uh, continuing professional development for practitioners so they're up to speed with with the National Construction Code and the requirements, Australian standards and other requirements as well. And what is, um, I don't know uh, what the right word is, I don't think punishment's the right word, but what is the action which is taken then against that developer, um, you know, to, to really try to, I don't, uh, whether it's compensate or to try to make sure that nobody mm. else ends up in this situation? Well, the builder is no longer registered. Uh, when the, if the builder does wish to re- register with the Building Practitioners Board, I'd have the opportunity to make a submission to them about my findings and the assessment that's undertaken. But while the builder is uh, is not registered, there's no, no action I can take and, you know, from a disciplinary point of view anyway. Yeah. Um, now, Sandy, I do want to ask you actually about something else which is quite separate to this situation uh, with, the, with these homes. I want to ask you about this online scam, uh, which is... Um, which is doing the rounds by the sounds of it all around Australia, but uh, we're certainly not immune to it here in the Northern Territory. Can you tell us a little bit more about this and what people are doing at the moment with this? No worries, Katie. We first found out the fake websites were occurring when we had a phone call from a, from a customer that uh, said that they wanted us to look at a, a, a product out in Berrima. They gave us the address of it and said they were just a little bit concerned because it was up here. They were down south and they just wanted to make sure it was genuine. And uh, we went out to the property and found out it was a vacant block. So we started doing some investigation at that point and found out the whole website was fake. The prices that they were asking for the goods were way too cheap. There was really nothing on there that was genuine. It was just amazing. And in fact, these people will take photos from websites overseas of of their staff and then put them on their website. So if you do a reverse Google search, you often find that it's connected to some website over in Europe. The reviews are fake, everything's fake. But what the, the getting smarter now, and this is what the problem is, and it's catching more people out, they actually use genuine ABN numbers now. So they've stolen the ABN from a genuine business that may not have been um, doing business for a couple of years or yep. haven't got a an online present and they're actually used that ABN to, to make it look legitimate and we've had, actually had a case where they've actually stolen the person's or the staff member from the genuine business as part of their uh, fake website. Oh, goodness and, me, they get more and more elaborate, don't they, these scammers? They certainly do and our advice is to certainly, if you're looking at a website and you're thinking about buying something, yep. firstly, can you look at it? If you can't 
go and see it. If you can't get someone that's in the same town to go and mm. have a look at it, don't buy it. Well, and we're talking about sort of um, personal monetary losses totaling $907,000 already reported um, to Consumer Affairs, as I understand it. Have we had people here in the Northern Territory really suffer loss from these scams? Luckily, we haven't. Yep. But we've actually saved money all across Australia. They've seen our warnings when we put them up on our Facebook page. As soon as we find them, we put them up. And we certainly ask people that they share the posts that we put up so we can get the word out there more and more. Oh, good on you guys. And uh, and certainly good on you for being, you know, very proactive by the sounds of it and making sure that everybody knows what's going on. Um, oh, look, I've got a few questions that have come through. Mark, I've got one here for you. Um, is it going to be, do people need to disclose the faults going back to the homes? Mm-hmm. If they are looking at selling, do they need to disclose those faults? Um, it's it's not mandated in the Northern Territory law to disclose the faults, but like I said, if you choose to have a um, an inspection, like a status report done, it, you know, by a registered practitioner, it'll probably be be identified in that uh, in, through that process. Yeah. Could that be a concern then, if it's not, if it isn't disclosed, and if they do, like, if we have got a situation where they need to be out of those homes if there's a cyclone, mm. um, how would that, you know, how would the next homeowner be aware of that if it's not disclosed? Yeah, that's a good point. But we we're working with the with the ten homeowners that are covered under HBCF to resolve uh, their issues with the homes. In, in in any case, and Sandy's been working with those covered under the RBC as well. And so, hopefully, everything gets sorted for those homeowners sooner rather than later. Well, we're looking at trying trying to resolve it as quickly yeah. as we can, yes. Yeah, we certainly are. Well, I really appreciate you both coming into the studio this morning. Uh, certainly a lot to cover off. NT Consumer Affairs Acting Commissioner Sandy Otto, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Katie. And uh, the Director of Building Control, Mr Mark Meldrum, thank you so much for Thanks, your time. Katie.